Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Investment News Podcast. I'm Jeff Benjamin, senior columnist here at Investment News. My co-chair, Bruce Kelly, also a senior columnist here at Investment News. And our guest this week is another in-house gentleman, Emil Halle, who covers, well, we're going to let you tell us what he, we're going to let him tell us what he covers, because he covers a lot of stuff. Covers a lot of ground, that Emil Halle. Yeah, yeah, that's why we got him up in Maine, because there's a lot of open <laughs> space up there where he can kind of flex his muscles. But uh, what, we're, what we're getting into today is uh, Emil wrote something earlier this week. Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be last week. Uh, and it's about the uh, parallels drawing that he's drawing between the, the uh, Bud Light advertising snafu and ESG investing. So, uh, Emil, you want to you wanna walk us into this? Sounds like a fun conversation. Okay, Jeff, before we get to Emil, I just wanted to say that the, the headline of the story that we're referring to is the Bud Light case for ESG, like a case of beer. You can find that at investmentnews.com, and it had thirty-three thousand um, uh, hits, which is a lot of which is a lot of uh, page views for an individual story. So, Emil, welcome to the podcast, and um, just tell us about the story and why do you think it got so much attention? Hey, well, thank you for having me on and welcoming me from the Investment News main bureau. Uh, where I keep tabs on all. There was actually a main story last week, which had to do with, um, as it does fall on my beat, a, an ESG piece of legislation that, that failed um, in state Congress. So main, main news is, is a thing. It's, it's a very small portion of, uh, of what I cover. Um, but predominantly, I write about ESG. Um, but I'm also kind of our uh, Swiss Army man reporter, uh, no relation to the film. But um, I like to pick up stories that fall across other beats, too. I'm, I'm pretty interested in um, everything that we cover in investment news and like to uh, stay informed about all the topics that we cover. So uh, that's that's been good, too. About the Bud Light uh, column. I, I, why, why did the story generate so, such an impact? So think? I want to clarify something first and that this, this wasn't a a story like a news story this was a column which right. um you know for some folks who who may not already know if they were worked up about it it does involve a degree of opinion it's it's analysis and opinion analysis and opinion um, it's an opinion piece yeah, yeah so i mean there are there are two things that are definitely flashpoints in this too it's, it's the bud light issue and it's the esg issue um two things that um conservative groups are uh really worked up about right now well we have we've had you on here before to talk about esg as a as a you know a flashpoint right for certain state politicians and republican politicians i believe right right you've outlined some of that for us on on the podcast mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it and it continues to be just as politically divisive if not if not more so i covered a house hearing yesterday where uh, Republicans and Democrats had entirely different ideas about what it is, um, both sides attacking the other, um, what what um, either threat or opportunity ESG poses, whether it's data or, um, as some folks had, had said multiple times, a, a cabal of global elitists that are trying to inflict their, their values on society as a whole. The Bud Light thing, though, that definitely, I think, gave the piece a lot of attention. I, I'll share an anecdote. I, I, I was on a uh, 
a gravel biking trip a few weeks ago with a friend of mine and one thing that we get on our local roads out here unfortunately are a lot of beer cans that are tossed on the side and predominantly they are Bud Light cans with the occasional Mike's Hard Lemonade uh, in there too for whatever reason but my my friend had asked me if he thought or if I thought that uh, we were going to start seeing fewer Bud Light cans on the road. It is not my favorite beer I can tell you that uh, I don't think, I don't know if it's a Jeff Benjamin choice after 18 or 9 or 18 holes down there. But could you just outline us your piece a little bit? You know, Bud Light, of course, um, had a, a trans woman as one of its, I don't know, you'd say spokespeople. You know, someone doing some social media for them. Then Kid Rock was filmed saying, hey, Bud Light, what is this? And then he shot up a bunch of a couple of cases of beer or something ridiculous. Yeah, so that's Dylan Mulvaney, um, who, who is a trans influencer. It's not unusual for a company to have a promotion with an influencer. Um, you know, usually their interest in doing so is to build their potential customer base to get to get eyes on their product. And I, I don't think that that was any exception here. Of course, they also intentionally did want to um, become more inclusive or at least have the appearance of being more inclusive and that of course uh backfired for them um pretty profoundly i think also because they they backtracked on it too and said they didn't want to be divisive um my piece the the primary um, goal that i had in writing about it uh was to show what i saw as the kind of disconnect that folks have when they come down on an issue like they did with Bud Light and, and the company's stance on, you know, um, we'll call it trans rights. Um, and they're also their opposition to ESG. Um, because I think in this case, if you were looking at Anheuser-Busch stock and you were worried about the risks that it could face um, with this kind of campaign, in order to assess that, you have to look at ESG data so if you take that away from people making investment decisions they couldn't you know they, they couldn't make a decision about an investment if they like what a company is doing with their their social stance um, or they dislike it um, at the hearing i covered this week i think it was summed up pretty well by representative katie porter who said that investing is a lot like a democracy you get choices um, for example, a lot of people may not want to invest in Disney and Anheuser-Busch anymore, and that's, that is their choice. Just as much people might be attracted to those stocks because they like what the company's social stances are. Right. Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Investment News Podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers educational resources that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that ETF investors consider cost a top factor in choosing an ETF? Or that there is a growing interest in personalization among ETF investors? For more ETF insights, tools, and analysis, visit schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how. That's schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how. Yeah, hey, Emil, it, it was funny that you said that Bud Light did this connection to Dylan Mulvaney to draw attention to 
I guess, itself or something. And obviously they did that. Um, and like you said, I, I, it is interesting to see now the fallout is resistance from both sides. I, 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 I know this isn't the point of this podcast, but I put it out there on social media to say, are any public relations professors in college looking at this as a case study for how Bud Anheuser-Busch is going to get out of this? Because it seems like they've done everything they can to, to kind of baby step away from it. And it's, I don't know if it's going away. I don't frankly even care that much about Bud Light beer. What I'm interested in is, is like I said, I read your column. I actually read it twice. I'm not following the connection between this scenario and ESG investing. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I thought I'd just explain that. Maybe explain it again. Because it, are you saying that if, you know, the way people are reacting to what Bud Light or what Anheuser-Busch did is an example of ESG because this shows, I mean, I just don't see it. I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's an example of a, of a company that maybe didn't read the room and now they're paying the price for it. But I don't know how that's ESG. Well, so I think that maybe you have a different definition of what ESG encompasses, but part of what ESG is designed, like we wouldn't say ESG investing is a thing. People who actually use ESG data say that ESG is in fact just data and it's used to assess things like reputational risk. And in this case, uh, Anheuser-Busch made some decisions that affected its reputation and that was on a social issue and how it how it backfired if you saw what the company was doing and you maybe saw promoting trans rights as a risk rather than an opportunity being able to assess that requires a lens of esg data yeah i mean i see that and i am in the in the camp that esg data is just data and to me if it works and i believe that sometimes it does it will be applied and should be applied and is being applied across portfolios and investment management. It would be difficult to look at this situation and say, okay, I see what Anheuser-Busch is doing here. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon because I think this is, this is going to be a turning point. And I think Anheuser-Busch is going to find a wider audience and therefore that stock is going to do better. But obviously that's not what happened in this case. That was a, like I said, I, I don't know how else to say it besides Anheuser-Busch kind of missed the mark on this one. And it's going to be interesting to see how they wriggle their way out of it. I think I think they'll survive. Though, yeah, I think they will, too. I think they need survive. time. I think that people tend to forget about things. I don't think that the world is going to give up conservative or liberal. The world's not going to give up drinking Bud Light if that's what they like in the first place. Like this will go away when there is a, another issue for people to get upset about, in my opinion. I, I mean, I know, I believe it's going to go away too. I just, I just cannot believe how big this thing got. I didn't, I would never have anticipated that. You know, based on, I based mean, on some of the, the responses that I got from folks, and it's like, it's obviously a piece that has gone um, beyond the, inv the typical investment news uh, readership, but mm -hmm. based on the, the comments that I have gotten <laughs> from folks, I've gotten some angry emails, a little bit of hate mail and some, you know, a lot of it is, uh, all caps responses about brimstone and hellfire and a lot of childish insults. Uh, so yes, it's safe to say that people are upset um, and directing it 
directing it toward the, the writer of a piece about the ESG implications of an event like this, um, I think kind of shows the breadth of it. So, so I think you're, you're right about that, Jeff. And uh, it probably doesn't help that I did that I did have um, uh, some slight uh, ribbing of Kid Rock too. Oh, you have to make fun of Kid Rock. I what mean, was what was the ribbing? I didn't get that part. Well, he's fifty. Well, he's, he's fifty-two, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's in his fifties. <laughs> I mean, and like you know, oh, and he's behaving like a like a like a kid, you know. Well, I guess like maybe it's baby, appropriate then. I, maybe you know? I, maybe I shouldn't have. Um, put that in. Uh, no, it's a column. You're supposed to have fun. I mean, my gosh, are we? Are we're writers for crying out loud? We're, as Jeff pointed out, senior columnists and everything. You know, if you can't have if you can't have a little fun writing a column, what what on earth is the point? I kind of look at this ESG stuff as just kind of a broader category for socially, you know, responsible and in, in investing in general. And I think Budweiser is trying to be socially responsible here. It seems, you know, that like you pointed out. Um, Emil, you know, they've done uh, ad campaigns and the like with with different groups in the past. Yeah, this isn't their right? first this is the first um, relationship uh, sponsorship they've had with a trans person. But right, right now, I so, think it's a very different political environment than it was a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, we're in ago. this hypersensitive political time. Mm-hmm. And everybody should just pop a beer, pop, pop a can <laughs> of Bud Light and relax. <laughs> If we were doing this on video, we would all be drinking Bud Light right now. Yes. Um, just to uh, show how inclusive we are. Um, Emil, before we're going to wrap this up, um, we really appreciate you being the guest. Anything else on the ESG front coming up in the next... I mean, we're getting into the... It's mid, almost mid-May here, so we tend to slow down in the summertime with legislation and the like in Congress, but anything else on ESG we should be looking at or ex- expecting right well, now? Well, sure. So... Um... You know, one thing the summer is not slow for is uh, proxy voting season. As of late, proxy voting is largely all about ESG-related issues, both positive and negative. But uh, as you might know, these uh, kinds of shareholder resolutions, these initiatives have been showing up on proxy ballots a lot more over the past like year and a half because the SEC has made it much easier for shareholders to file these and for uh, corporations to not have them dismissed because um, they, they have a harder time making the argument that they kind of fall into the category of, you know, normal business operations that shareholders shouldn't really have a voice in. And it's interesting because I think a lot of things that were filed over the past year uh, have been asking companies for more or to do more around ESG issues, uh, particularly like environmental reporting, reporting on um, you know, health and safety of workers, diversity, equity, and inclusion, those kinds of topics. Right. And even a company like BlackRock last year had indicated, we are going to be less supportive of these resolutions than we have in the past because they've gotten, the, the, the shareholders have been asking for more than they did before. So it's it's interesting that, you know, there's, there's a greater volume of these, that people are asking for more. They've been getting higher rates of success at companies. Uh, insurance companies are now kind of being targeted over their uh, environmental reporting, their carbon footprints, um, how they insure um, or under, how they underwrite policies related to the fossil fuels business. Um, so the, the degree of success that those have might be indicative of what we, what we might see more of in the future. But the, the groups that file these look at, you know, anything over like 
15, 20%, 30% as, as a success rate because it gets companies to notice what uh, uh, they should be doing or what, what shareholders want, even though they, they may not um, get over 50%. Right. So Kid Rock can shoot as, up as many cases of Bud Light in his backyard there, you know, and ESG is still not going to go away. Is that what you're telling me? It's definitely not going away. I, I, what, I, I don't know if people being upset about it is going to go away, though. I, right. still, I still don't know if you if you talk to um, everyday folks who don't pay a lot of attention to financial issues, if they have an opinion about ESG or what it is. I think they're more likely to have an opinion about it than what it is, to, to, have, to have a good understanding about it. Um, you know, hopefully more people will, you know, before they, they rush any conclusions about, about what it is, what it, I mean, ESG doesn't set out to do anything because it's data that is being used to make educated right. decisions about risk and opportunity. And as you know, all the people that Jeff knows and has had on as guests on the podcast the past few years, I mean that they're data people. You know, um, the ESG people are data people. You can say that. Jeff, anything else for Emil before we before we go? Uh, no, good stuff. Thank you very much, Emil. Thanks for being here. Good luck with the uh, with the mushroom farm in Maine. And, and I hope you, <laughs> I hope you don't have to run over too many Bud Light cans. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> On your bike. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Emil. Thanks, Thanks, dude. Thanks for dropping by, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Launching every Monday. It's another episode of the Investment News Podcast. We want to thank our sponsor, Charles Schwab Asset Management, and our producer, Angelica Hester. You can find the podcast, of course, at investmentnews.com. You can also listen to it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave us a review on Apple. Please follow us on Spotify. If you're still using Twitter, you can uh, reach out to Jeff and me uh, on that platform. Jeff's handle is at Benji Writer. Mine is at BD News Guy. Stay tuned because we'll be talking to you next week.